Chapter 6 The Formation Inside Out Practicing the God-Shaped Life Inwardly Great footwork begins with great heartwork. To say that another way, when you see someone with great dance moves on the outside, it's because inwardly, desire and mental preparation have already been at work. Every mouth-dropping dance move begins in the heart and mind of the dancer. That's true in our intimacy with God as well. The spiritual fruit that others see outwardly comes from the behind-the-scenes work of intimacy that begins inwardly in our heart and mind. These intimate practices or internal put-your-feet-here dance step guides are often only seen by God and known by us. When practiced, however, these internal heart, mind, and soul shapings continue to bear fruit and love that others see. God shapes us from the inside out. Are you ready to experience some internal dance moves with God? Listening attentively for and to God's voice. Most of us are good at asking God for things. Our prayers quickly go up when we need him to fix our issues, guide our circumstances, and provide for our needs. We ask and speak, but how well do we listen? My sheep listen to, trust, and value my voice, Jesus says. I know them, and they follow me. Love listens more than it speaks. If getting up close to God is your goal, then listening intently for and to his voice is the place to begin. In the 1980s and 90s, landline telephone answering machines and on-body personal pagers increased the frequency of more immediate communication, but nothing that rivaled today's instantaneous message delivery of personal computers, cell phones, and apps. The current generation can hardly fathom a world where information and personal contacts aren't instantly available at one's fingertips. While current technology is amazing, it hasn't necessarily been our friend. Communication advances haven't made us improved listeners and more effective communicators. In fact, the technological age has taken the personal out of our relationships. Hang out at any shopping mall or business district, school hallway, and notice a sea of people with heads buried in their phones. Who are they communicating with? Who are they anxiously checking messages from so they don't miss a single communication? Certainly not all the living, breathing people walking right next to them. So many distractions. So many missed opportunities to experience real life happening all around them. So much information, so little relationship. Ever wonder how many times a day God attempts to message you? Are you missing his right beside you attempts to talk with you or to just love on you? 
Are you being attentive and checking God's messages as frequently as you are all the other people in your social network? Talking and not listening is most people's tendency. Meaningless distractions often trump meaningful conversation. What's your tendency? Are you pressing beyond half-hearted, selective hearing typically offered a spouse, parent, teacher, or boss? How about an honest evaluation question? Lord, am I as interested in what you have to say as much as I am sharing with you what I want you to bless, fix, or answer? Loving well involves listening well. And the good news is that God who invented communication speaks in a variety of ways that are as unique as the one listening. His messages come in the form of wind-like whispers, thundering voices, written words, pillars of fire, and parting seas, vivid dreams, special delivery communication through others. And that's just getting started. Your intent listening posture and continual practice of his presence will increase the frequency of his voice, words, and leadings. The more you listen, the more distinguishable God's voice and direction will become. Like a child and a parent pinpointing one another's voice in a noisy crowd, God's voice becomes more recognizable the more you hear him speak. Why not try listening for God right now. Shh. For just a moment, listen like a, a hunter. Get incredibly still with your mind, body, and spirit. Stop talking. Quiet the distractions and rumblings around you and within you. Let God know your full attention belongs to him. Wait patiently for God to fill the silence when and how he chooses. Stay in a listening posture until you, with peace and freedom, sense God telling you to resume listening or to move on to something else. When you practice listening to God in such ways, your relationship with him will deepen. You will learn to hear God throughout the entire day, whether in quiet moments by yourself, in the middle of busy work or play agendas, or even in toss-and-turn nighttime hours. The more you practice the rhythm of being present with God, the more clearly you will hear him above life's relentless racket, distractions, and earthly sound bites of wisdom. Discover the benefit of God's counsel to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and cease baaing, bleeding, and fidgeting like anxious, directionless sheep. The psalm writer said it this way, Be still 
and know that I am God. He knew the best way to experience God's fullness is not to kick, scream, and do all the talking, but to be quiet and attentive long enough to allow the good shepherd to instruct, direct, calm, and guide. God, rich in mercy and boundless in love, wants to give you more than you can ever hope or imagine. He wants to do life with you. Maybe it's time to put God on speed dial and move him to the top of your favorites list. Are you ready to converse with God as you do with others close to you, saying things like, what do you think? And then listen or ask, were you about to say something, Lord? I'm all ears. Perhaps you're a more action-based listener, where working with your hands or light mental activity gives God more room to speak. If so, are you engaging God in those spaces? When's the last time you purposefully acknowledged God's presence, sought to enjoy him and listen for him in your workshop, kitchen, studio, gym, on a ride, or out on the trail? He's not only present in those spaces, he's waiting for you to meet up with him. Whether with coffee and Bible in hand, or on a walk, or daily commute, or in the middle of a busy work or school day, are you creating space in your life to hear God speak? If you need a conversation starter, here's one way to begin. As my good shepherd, I desire to be guided, led, helped, loved, and enabled by you, God. I want to actively experience the joy of your presence. Help me learn how to listen and obey your voice. Empower me to know when I should turn distractions off and pursue you more intently. I'm ready, Lord, with pen and paper in hand. You speak, I'll listen, and whatever next steps you give me, I'm resolved to get moving on them. Enjoying unbroken conversations with God. When we're crazy in love, days and nights run together as we keep on communicating with and expressing love to the one our heart desires. Five-minute talks become five-hour dialogues, and sleep suddenly seems overrated. We spend inordinate amount of time exchanging thoughts, personal history, events of the day, and future hopes and dreams. And throughout our time together, as if enjoying sprinkles on a bowl of favorite ice cream, expressions of deep connection and great admiration get continuously mixed in. An intimate love relationship with God is much the same. When we love God, we can't wait to talk to Him, hear from Him, and maintain unbroken conversations with Him. Much like lovers and best friends who maintain open line, ever-flowing phone calls and text exchanges, we want to connect with God anywhere, any time of day. We want to express our love to him, our need of him, 
exclaim how great he is and acknowledge and honor him. And yes, as with our favorite ice cream, sprinkle in expressions of deep connection and great admiration. How are your everyday ongoing conversations with God? When's the last time you invited God into the ordinary moments of your life just because? I asked my wife recently if our son, now out of the house on his own, ever calls her. Or do you always have to call him, I asked. I felt sure I knew the answer from my own experience with him. Our son graciously answers all my calls, but does he ever make my day if without needing a thing, he calls just to say, thinking of you, Dad, love you. In less than a minute, this crazy about his son, Dad, has his day instantly brightened. Any chance with similar longing, Father God would absolutely love to hear from you. God continually initiates loving communication with you. Go ahead, make your Heavenly Father repeatedly smile as He hears from you. Tell Him you feel loved by Him. Thank and praise Him for big and small things and for special people He's placed in your life. Try reading a psalm out loud written by the guy known to be crazy in love with God and make it an expression of your heart. Establish a personal notebook, electronic or paper, where you record communication exchanges with God, his thoughts and words to you and yours to him. List answered prayers and recount with God his faithfulness during your review updates. Listen to music as love language help <laughs> to let God know, ah, this song expresses how I feel about you. Or do what I do sometimes. Borrow David the songwriter's words and tell God, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The possibilities of creatively expressing your affection and staying in touch with God are endless. Are you willing to be as crazy in love with God as you are in your most treasured human love relationship? The pop classic lyric asks, have I told you lately that I love you? Well, when's the last time you sang or asked God that question? Why not ask him now? Regardless of the answer, you, you have a great opportunity to express your love for him in an over-the-top, unique-to-you style. God is a crazy-about-his-children God, and he never tires from hearing from you, ever. Responding to God with quick yeses. Want to go further with God faster? Say yes to him early and often. Deepening love and high-impact kingdom results occur when we maintain a steady life rhythm of quick yes, Lord, responses with God. Ask Peter. The first day he met Jesus, Peter answered him with an immediate, because you say so, I will, response. Peter's quick yes that day led to brimming over, busting out, fish-filled nets. 
of much greater and longer-lasting importance? Peter's undelayed obedience greenlighted him toward an ever greater yield, becoming a transformed fisher of people. Peter wasn't the most likely candidate for high-impact living. He was stubborn, reactionary, and impulsive. He fished for a living, not exactly a high-profile civic position. Power, nor wealth, were a part of his pedigree either. Yet, he walked on water, accompanied Jesus up the Mount of Transfiguration, was a key leader among the disciples in early church, and preached a life-transforming, kingdom-impacting sermon on the day of Pentecost that reverberates still today. Hippolytus, the third-century theologian, gave him the title of Apostle of the Apostles. Jesus, even more appropriately, called him the Rock. (laughs) So, what made this common man anything but ordinary? He believed that Jesus was trustworthy in all he said, did, and asked. Peter's willingness to trust Jesus with immediate and ongoing yeses led to a life of extraordinary meaning and purpose for Peter and a legacy trail that continues to impact and transform lives today. You might not feel like the best high-impact candidate either, but if you trust God and say, Yes, Lord, quickly, doing what he communicates, whether a small prompt or a large faith-requiring yes that has your knees knocking, you'll be surprised by all the things God does in and through you. For starters, your intimacy with him will deepen, your faith will grow, and your life purpose will increase with clarity significance, and joy. Company leaders, movement organizers, and parents all dream of what could be accomplished if those under their leadership simply would say yes quickly. No kicking and screaming, no questioning, no hesitating. Imagine what could get done without all the delay, friction, or distraction, and That's with less than perfect parents and leaders. How much more can you accomplish as you trust the altogether perfect God with speedy, I'm on it, responses? If you want to get up close to God, big size your life impact, and begin your own book of Acts life stories, let quick and immediate yeses to God be your rhythm and goal. I have a brother in Christ nicknamed Mick the Quick. His powerhouse kingdom legacy is being written through his abundance of quick yeses to God. Since age 15, Mick's whatever-you-ask-Lord attitude and follow-through, no matter how crazy, risky, or costly, has continued to pen page after page of incredible kingdom stories of what God has done in and through his life. Mick, like Peter, would be considered by many as an unlikely candidate for God to use. But 
just like Peter? Mick's wholehearted love and trust in God compels an absolute, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, response every time God asks or directs. Mick's not perfect. He'll be the first to tell you. And the life roads he travels are rarely paved and pothole-free. Still, Mick's life story is already epic after 35 years. Few would blame him if he called it good and put his life on cruise control. He's impacted God's kingdom around the world more in 20 years than few do in a lifetime. From what I know of Mick, he won't be retiring anytime soon. He'll never shy away from doing whatever God asks, no matter how illogical or impractical it may seem to others. Mick knows his life isn't about him. It's about wanting to please and say yes to the one he keeps falling deeper and deeper in love with day after day, and yes after yes. As you say yes to God for a lifetime, here are a few traveling notes for along the way. Fight the temptation to only do what is comfortable, fun, accomplishable in your estimation, or self-serving. Learn to recognize God's promptings and say yes based on hearing His voice, not on the degree of difficulty. Come near to, stay intimately tight with God, and he will stay near to you, James tells us. God will see you through whatever he has planned, however long it takes, no matter how hard it may be. Remember, he's trustworthy. Avoid delays. Don't deliberate or debate with God. Asking God to confirm or clarify his request is sometimes necessary, but don't replace obedience with procrastination. Express any fear you might be experiencing and ask God to give you peace, but don't waste your time or His by asking for laid-out logical explanations and full-blown plans. God's kingdom advance opportunity clock is ticking. Just do what you hear Him asking. Finally, make quick yeses to God, a daily personal goal. Imagine yourself acting immediately, hesitating less, and obeying in love, staying on assignment with God, no matter how you feel about it on any given day. God-dependent living. Unarguably, we need God. There are no atheists in foxholes and few in critical care units, divorce courtrooms, or unemployment lines. People often cry out to God during times of urgent need, tragedy, relational crisis, and life uncertainty, whether they call Jesus Lord or not. That's expected. What isn't expected and somewhat disheartening is the way many who do call Jesus Lord only call out to him as a last resort. It's as if God is the break-the-glass-in-case-of-emergency last-ditch resource. 
We've forgotten just how dependent we are on Him. We've failed to realize that our need for God is as essential to living as daily bread. In our self-reliance, we treat God as an afterthought when our own personal strength and resources fail. That was never God's plan or design. Ponder this for a moment. Why do you turn to God in crisis hours? Is it because you know he brings needed provision, strength, and wisdom you don't have? Is it because you know he has capacity you no longer have or ever had to change the outcome of your circumstance or situation? If God is your number one go-to in times of crisis, why not depend on him as your ever-present help in life's daily events and circumstances? Why limit God when he desires to be with you always, fully present in every life detail? God cares about every facet of your life, not just what you think is the big stuff. God of the infinite is also God of the infinitesimal. He's always cared about little details like flowers and sparrows, keeping track of the number of hairs on your head, and giving attention to your daily food and grocery supply. He cares about it all. So include him in everything. Here's how King David depended on God. He stayed close to the Lord as shepherd, He knew the shepherd, being good, would have everything he needed whenever he needed it. A daily life up close to the good shepherd meant never being in want. As one translator says it, when the Lord is your shepherd, you have everything you need. David learned to depend on God when facing giants while tending sheep in the middle of composing music when running for his life or running to take cheese and bread to his brothers on the battlefield. David knew, big or small, short or tall, neatly packaged or greatly flawed, God was present and dependable in all of it. Don't be misled. David learned to depend on God through a lot of God-are-you-there moments and I don't see the end of this, but I'm going to trust you anyway, conversations with God. In the end, David's leaning led to his learning that God was daily dependable. As you lean on God, you will also discover just how daily dependable God is to do all of life with you. Go ahead. Let God widen your vision and enlarge your mission in ways requiring greater intimacy with and dependence on Him. Intently go to God who is with you early and often for provision, strength, vision, and clarity beyond yourself. Step toward, not away from, His assignments. The uncomfortable, messy, and bigger-than-you-are ones. Despite what you feel or have been wrongly taught, God does have time for you. 
You're never a bother to him. He delights in you. You can do this. Lean not on your own understanding and acknowledge God in all your ways. As you do, greater dependency on him will lead to enjoying greater independence from the cares and struggles of this world. Even more, your relationship with God will deepen, and he will daily direct your path to life-giving and purposeful places. A thankful heart. Gratitude doesn't always come easy. Jesus once told a story about ten healed lepers and how only one of the ten returned to express his thanks for being healed. Jesus wasn't huffing over not being thanked, nor was he teaching about proper manners. He was, however, pointing out the unfortunate reality of how frequently we receive incredible gifts without acknowledging the gift or the giver. Jesus knew that a grateful heart, acknowledging, recounting, and realizing how absolutely loved and valued you are, prepares the way for love to flourish. When we fully realize all God's given us and all he's done for us, we cannot help but be thankful and tell someone. As songwriter Andrew Peterson writes, Can't you feel it in your bones? Something isn't right here. Something that you've always known, but you don't know why. Because every time the sun goes down, we face another night here, waiting for the world to spin around just to survive. But when you see the morning sun burning through a silver mist, don't you want to thank someone? Don't you want to thank someone for this? The honest soul compelled by the vast beauty and order the world displays, wants to give thanks for being a part of a much greater story than his or her own. And for those who believe, whose sins have been wiped clean and whose lives have been made new through Jesus, aren't we compelled daily to give thanks for his indescribable and ongoing gift? In Victor Hugo's epic novel Les Miserables, the main character, Jean Valjean, is graciously given a fresh start and new life from the very bishop he has robbed, Valjean, caught with the bishop's precious metal wares in hand, is escorted by the authorities to the bishop's home. Compassionately, the bishop twists the events of the robbery enough to satisfy the police and set Jean Valjean on his way. What's more? He calls out to Valjean as he leaves to tell him that he almost forgot to take the candlesticks the bishop had gifted him. <laughs> Jean Valjean is speechless. He's never experienced such unconditional generosity in his life. The bishop blesses and challenges Valjean as he leaves. Jean Valjean, my brother... You no longer belong to evil. With this silver, I have bought your soul. I've ransomed you from fear and hatred, and now 
I give you back to God. Jean Valjean lived the rest of his life thanking God for the grace and freedom he received. And you can do the same. Isn't there something in your bones wanting to say thank you to God for the fresh start and new life he's graciously given you? Why not tell him now? A grateful heart increases intimacy with God and unleashes endless worship opportunities. Think of all the creative ways you can express thanks, God. You're amazing, and I can't say thanks enough for what you've done and are doing. Can I let you in on a little secret? Elevate gratitude by expressing praise and thanks to God out loud, not just inwardly thinking grateful thoughts. You might want to begin with, Lord, thank you for and continue your own personal litany of grateful heart expressions to him. Or are you better at expressing yourself in writing? Then start a gratitude journal, recording things, both good and difficult, that you want to thank God for. Could you enjoy doing what David did? Extemporaneously sing your own made-up new song of thanks and praise to God. Don't worry about a lyrical prose, melody, or musical perfection. Just have fun exercising a different way of expressing yourself with God. God delights in those willing to make a joyful noise to him. Many brag on friends and significant others and grandkids. How about telling others how grateful you are to God for his loving works, kindness, and mercy? And while you're at it, take time to share with those you're with how thankful you are to God for them. Can you be thankful for the hard and difficult too? Can you perhaps, through hard-to-get-out words and tears, tell God you're thankful for tough and painful things in your life? Can you be thankful as you trust that God will ultimately work together for good, all the messed-up, twisted, unknown, and hard-to-bear things for his glory and your ultimate benefit? Finally, let your love for God guide you. However you express gratitude to God, no, you really can't mess it up when it genuinely comes from your heart. After all, what good mother ever turned down a bouquet of dandelions from her wide-eyed and smiling toddler? What decent father ever rejected a whittled stick figure carving from his well-meaning middle schooler? How much more God delights in the loving expressions of gratitude from his children. An open heart exam. Real love wants to get better, be stronger, and go deeper. It does not settle for status quo, nor is it strapped with striving for ideals it can never reach. Real love finds constant satisfaction in what is while hungering and thirsting for more of all that love can be. 
after God's heart and wanting to make sure his own heart was strong, David checked in for an open-heart exam with God. It was a simple, honest inquiry. Lord, how am I doing? Lord, how are we doing? He desired the most accurate x-ray results God had to offer when he extended the invitation, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Of far greater importance than the question, what did you get done today, is a much greater set of questions to review. God, did I do life with you today? Was I listening to you? Did I say and do all the yeses you planned for me? Am I staying close and getting even closer to you? God, am I giving people in my life my greatest gift, my intimacy with you? God has always been more concerned with our knowing and loving him than our ability to do things for him. A straightforward daily heart checkup goes a long way in finding out how to better love and please God. This checkup is not a check-off. Your up-close evaluation time isn't about making sure you did all the stuff on your God list. Wanting to please God is so much different than wanting to appease Him. So consider this a time to check in with the one you love, to slow down, hear his heart and thoughts, and share yours with him. Take some time to be still before God right now. Ask him, what are my next steps to deepen my love for and increase my intimacy with you? Listen, value and record what he reveals. And then say a decisive yes to his leading. Tell God how much you desire to be fully aware of his pleasure beyond any opinions of others. Express your earnestness to always find out what pleases the Lord and seek his smile of approval. Like dance partners who evaluate and discuss their latest routine, straightforward daily heart checkups with God go a long way in bringing depth and grace to your relationship with him. With every pause and authentic assessment comes insight and opportunity to love and please him more, to really dance.